0: Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Before we go anywhere, I just, the Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And I want to honor Sally for birthing that message. Because a message like that doesn't come from a mountaintop experience, it comes walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And as my dad has always said, we have a message to deliver, but we have a message to become. That is one of those realigning words that sets us up to get to the end of our natural days and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Honestly, that is one of those words that if you receive it in its entirety as Sally delivered it from Father, it will honestly change your life, but the lives of many around about you. If you say, oh, no, that's a good thing and, you know, I try not to focus on myself, but you will miss it. You will, will miss out on it. I'm begging you to get that and saturate yourself in that recording over and over. I just want everyone to hear that. I think it's a realigning word for the body of Christ because as Sally touched on but didn't labor in because she's too nice but I'm not quite so nice. I, I, I just feel that we just really have so got off track that it all, is all about your personal breakthrough. And Sally just said, no, it's not. It's it's just not in the Bible. I mean, Paul was the one who advanced the kingdom in the New Testament more than anyone else apart from Jesus. And he had more opposition and more personal problems and more personal challenges than anyone I know more than I'll ever experience he experienced it in a week and the whole time he's saying don't pray that I'll get delivered from this just pray that the kingdom of God will be extended pray that people will hear he 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 kept on saying don't pray don't don't, don't waste your prayers on getting me out of problems but change our perspective that this is about the kingdom of God is about the kingdom of God is about the kingdom of God and we have made it about personal comfort personal breakthrough and so masterful, and I honour you, we honour you, amen, amen. My only prayer is that when Pastor Stephen and Kylie invite Sally back, they'll let me come back with her in the future, that's my that's my prayer, so some of you need to go in a bat for me, <laughs> so you've, you've been given the main course, I'll give you some dessert. I might give you an entree and a dessert. And I just want to say straight up from the, the start, and I don't want to go too long here. Um, Sally and I have just actually come off three months sabbatical. Uh, never, ever done it before in our lives. The last time we ministered was that October trip from hell for Sally, which was heaven sent. 18th to 28th of October, when all that, that was, that this is the first time, as she's spoken and ministered since then and can you see what was birthed in her praise god and we've come out and this month has just been glorious uh just really leaning into father as we're kicking off this new year and new decade i so sense it's a new decade in god I, I i know it is in the calendar but god doesn't work by calendar months remember he created them uh that they're subject to him, but there's something in times and seasons. Again, you see it all through the Bible, don't you? Times and seasons, times and seasons. And for everything, there's a time and season, Ecclesiastes 3. And one of the things that when we started to really lean in, just in the last couple of weeks, because we really wanted to honor our sabbatical and take our time, Father's really spoken to me about preparing a whole lot less, but just living full. You don't need to prepare if you live full. I mean, you can. And again, I'm thinking about Jesus. Knowing in the Bible, you see, and Jesus withdrew to prepare for meetings and ministry. No, he just lived full and lived to overflow. I read people like Reinhard Bonnke, and I've just read his autobiography again. Uh, I, if you want to have your face stirred, read Reinhard Bonnke's Living a Life of Fire. I've read it twice. I read on my sabbatical again, and I was reading it when he passed away. And uh, just so stirred beyond measure. But, you know, he just lived full of God all the time. And when he got up in a crusade, he never prepared for his meetings. He got up and his language was, when we're in worship, God showed me the shape of the gospel to speak. And that's the way he ministered. And my point is this, that God is really shifting and aligning some things that he wants to, I said to the some of the people last night he wants to take some of the pressure off us of taking responsibility for things that he said he'll do and let's be responsible to do the things that he's called us to do and I do think there's a shift coming that we live full more than we prepare well our preparation is our living full our saturation in God saturation in his word so that we're always ready to give an answer for the hope that is in us that we are led by the Spirit, not by the notes. And so I encourage you as people, uh, as believers, as leaders, to live full, live full, saturate, 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 saturate yourself in the Word of God, saturate yourself. And as we started leaning just over the last couple of weeks and uh, really haven't done a lot of prep, don't be upset by that, um, because I've been focused on living full. I just My mornings are just me and God, just, just me and God. And he said, this is for me and you, not for you and ministry. That's what it said to me. So up until lunchtime, every day, whatever time I'm up, just the whole morning, hours, it's just me and God, me and God, me and God, every day. And it's just live full, live full, live full. And I just feel like, like, almost like a pressure taken off. He just needs to whisper a few thoughts, a few nuggets, and, okay, let, let's, let me just overflow. Because so far, as you well know me, <laughs> nothing I've said is I intended to say, but this is the fruit of living full. Live full, and so when Father just start to speak some things, and he did speak clearly, and I just want to download a few things. Um, Sally and I touch base, and uh, Sally's really stepping into this, and I just love her vulnerability, but I also love her strength and the fact that she's stepping in. And you know, she's just her humility. She even says, "I want to learn from you" and all that sort of stuff. And we're married first and stuff, but we're walking this thing together. And so she defers to some of the things that I feel uh, in this ministry journey, which again I honour the humility of that, and it's it's a humbling thing for us to walk this road together. But part of what I said to her was, um, I, I don't, I don't think we should ever share with each other what Father's saying to us, as far as from, for churches. So let's not think, oh, what's God saying? We're going to Mildura. Uh, let's not do that. Because otherwise it can, if you know beforehand, it can start to influence what you might say and what you might pick up. But let's just get up and minister, not knowing what each other is ministering, and just see how Father works it all in together. Okay? So what I'm bringing over this weekend is uh, Sally had no idea. She still has no idea on anything I'm going to share. I do have an idea of what she was going to share this morning only two days ago because I was sitting on my couch in tears, upset, and feeling vulnerable. And so she actually encouraged me in the Lord. I feel a little bit emotional right now. you got to understand even soldiers get weary, even soldiers hurt, even soldiers are vulnerable, but it's keep on going, we're here now. But she encouraged me in the Lord. But anything I'm sharing with you now was father downloaded before that and i i'm smiling on the inside because i know the main thing he wants me to download just in the next little while to you but she has no idea and i didn't know when father downloaded so can we can we just have a few minutes together with god father right now we thank you that you're so present because you are always present and you, your presence is our present and we thank you as a gracious gift and so, Father, just continue to speak. We open up our, our spirits in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I've got um, one quick thing I want to say, and then I want to just lean into one other thing. So here's the first thing. I was, I was reading the Ryan Habonki and it's called Living a Life of Fire. Do yourself a favor, get it. Um, and I read one paragraph, and I'm just reading this. This is sabbatical. This is me and God. It's not you. I'm just reading, I'm enjoying God. And as I'm reading it, this is a month or two ago. Uh, and so I'm well and truly, I had three months, no ministry, no mentoring, no nothing. Glorious, eh? And so it's just me and God leaning in, and me and Sally leaning in, and enjoying time together. And so I'm just reading this autobiography, just being stirred up in my face, being filled, Adrian, to overflowing, just loving it, loving it. And I read this paragraph, and as soon as I read it, God said, This is for River Edge Leader Saturday morning. Okay, this is two months ago when I'm having my time as sabbatical. So, so far, you guys are interrupting. Just No, 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 no you're not. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. But it was so clear, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. This quote is in Ron Humbach. He's living a life of fires. Actually, it's page 339, if you want to check it out. And this is what he said. We must go where God sends us. Speak what he gives us to speak. Hear his voice and obey it. This is our best protection from burnout. It will also guide us to be the very best, sorry, it will also guide us to the very best strategy for accomplishing his mission. Now, here's the key phrase. For everything a person does to follow the call of God, There are 10 things they do not do. We cannot do everything. We must focus on the call and not simply the needs. Let me read that last bit again. For everything a person does to follow and answer and fulfill the call of God, for everything that you do, there'll be 10 things that you should not do. And the need is not always the call. So if we're going to finish this year right, this decade right, I just want to talk for a moment on what you don't do, saying no to important needs. And the scriptural thing that he showed me to underline this was powerful. How many people love the letters of the Apostle Paul, the epistles of the Apostle Paul? If you're not sure what they are, it's most of the New Testament. Okay, the most of what we speak, most of what we preach, most of what we live, we can attribute and say, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. So how many people do celebrate and love? Come on, engage with me people. We love the letters of the Apostle Paul. And people have historically always said, Where did it all start? This this incredible this man of God, this Apostle Paul, and people often have said it started on the road to Damascus. And you might have even heard me here before, and I said no it didn't. It started when Stephen was being stoned to death. Remember that? And they laid their cloaks at their one. Called Saul of Tarsus, who was the one ordering it. And if you read even through there, he was the one that persecution started in the church under the hand of Saul. He was arresting people, throwing them in prison. It said terror spread in the church. And I've said it before; he was the first terrorist mentioned. He was a terrorist by the very no, by the very definition, he was a terrorist. It said terror started to happen in the church. He was persecuting those who followed. He was a terrorist. And we say, we so go, go to the end we're celebrating, come on, we're celebrating the writings of the Apostle Paul, which has extended the kingdom like nothing other than Jesus Christ. We backed that up. Before that, we have the road to Damascus experience. And people go, yes, yes, God Almighty, Jesus revealed himself to Saul. But before that, we have a man who was not focused on personal breakthrough. Come on, he was actually praying extending the kingdom god do not hold the sin against them show them your mercy was actually praying kingdom not personal breakthrough come on and through that it released the Lord Jesus, to be revealed, which released the writing of the letters. So before the letters, we have the road to Damascus. Before the road to Damascus, we have Stephen being stoned to death. That's where I thought it started. But God has shown me, before Stephen was stoned to death, Stephen was appointed. And before Stephen was appointed, there is a scripture that says this. Acts 6, 1 to 7. In those days, Acts 6. Are we good? One to seven, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, can I hear an amen? The Hellenist, uh, da, 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 Hellenistic Jews, whatever, among them complained. Everyone say complained. You need to hear this. You hear, they complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. There were practical, very real needs and Jesus made it clear. The Bible makes it clear. You better look after the widows. You better look after the poor. You need, you need to look after the, those in need. And they complained because this was being overlooked. Who were they complaining to? They were complaining to the 12. They were complaining to the apostles, which means they're talking to them. And we know how it works when people complain to the leaders. The assumption is you will fix this. You will do this. Come on. Can we get real, please? So we have here, they were complaining, saying, this is a need, you need to meet this need. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together, and they said, the first thing is not, we need to meet this need. Come on, we need to shift everything. They said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. On the surface, that is the height of arrogance. Who do you think, you think you're above that? No, they had a holy sense of we know what we are called to do. Brothers and sisters, they said, you choose. They didn't even choose the seven. They delegated even the choosing of the seven. You choose the seven from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and full of wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them. And then they back it up again. And we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word and this This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen. A man full of the faith and of the Holy Spirit, and a bunch of other people. And it says they presented these men to the apostles, who prayed and they laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. The word of the Lord is: we celebrate the letters, the writings of the apostle Paul, and the extension of the kingdom. But before there was that. There There was a road to Damascus experience which empowered that. But before there was the road to Damascus experience, there was Stephen being stoned to death and praying for them, which empowered the road to Damascus and the letters. But before that, Stephen was chosen. But before that, the disciples, the apostles said no to a need because they knew what their yes was. Do you want to fulfil the call of God on your life? Do you want to fulfil the call of God on? Do you want to fulfil the call of you God on your life? It's not just about knowing what your yes is, but it's about knowing what your no is and saying no to the no's, even when they're very real needs. Because the need is not always the call. I'm not even going to elaborate on that anymore. Is that okay? I'm just determined this year. Chelsea, to say no to a whole bunch of things that are awesome, wonderful things. Even the thing people ask me, if it's out of line with what Father has called me to do, not because I don't care about them, but because I, I care about what Father, what Father, what Father. Jesus said, I have brought you glory by completing the work you gave me to do, not the work that, the work that everyone else required and demanded and imposed on me. We've got to stop living under the expectations of people or... For many of us, the perceived expectations of people because they're not even actual half the time. They're perceived. The fear of man, the Bible says, will will prove to be a snare. And I always was gripped when I saw that because it doesn't say the fear of man is a snare. It says the fear of man will prove to be a snare. What does that mean? The fear of man on the surface doesn't at first... And when you first come under the fear of man, it's not a snare to you. It's a protection. It's a safety blanket because you're protecting yourself. But it will end up proving to be a snare because you'll become enslaved to what you think you are protecting yourself with. All the while, you have mistaken protection with slavery. God wants us to live free from being enslaved to what people think or what we think people think. It's time to know what we're meant to say no to, as well as what we say yes to. Is that okay? First time I've drunk iced coffee while preaching. That said first time being in shorts while preaching. But that's primarily because my luggage hasn't arrived. Here's the main thing I wanna speak on and I just wanna download for a little bit here two words God gave me was this, open heaven, open heaven, open heaven. Ah, I just need God's help right now. Help me just to get what you want. Can I do what Sally so masterfully did? Can I, can I just let the word speak and just do a bit of teaching? Hello? Yes? Thank you, God. Okay, open heaven. Everyone say open heaven. Okay, say it three times Nice and like you actually believe it. Come on. Open heaven. Open heaven. Open heaven. Wonderful. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 to 52. God, right now I ask that your Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see what you need us to see. Matthew 27, 50 to 52. Jesus is on the cross. And it says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, and what did he cry at the end? Three words. Shout him out. He cried out in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. I love that. Don't you love that? It wasn't taken. He gave it up. Mm. Verse 51. At that moment. Everyone say at that moment. What moment? At the moment, Jesus said, it is finished. And he gave his spirit up. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. How many people think that there was a bit of a stirring going on in the city? But here's the thing that I I think that, come on, can we lean in? Can we lean in? Here's the thing I I think. I think on the surface, the things that people would have noticed the most and talked about the most was the fact that the earth was shaking, that the rocks were splitting, that the tombs were coming open, that dead people were coming back to life. The physical things that are so big and wow and grab your attention because you can't deny the earth shaking is what grabs people's attention. I think it's the same today. The things that are undeniable and just so out there grab our attention, but the most powerful thing was none of those the most powerful thing was the very first thing that was mentioned because it is the most important thing and at that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom that is the most powerful thing that happened when Jesus Christ said it is finished not because a curtain was torn like the curtains in your house might tear when they get old this is not what it was it was what it symbolized in what a actually was in the eternal and in the spirit realm. In the Old Testament, there was a temple and there was a curtain that was between the most holy place and and the outer place. And you could not go in there because if you went in there, which is where the presence of God dwelt, you would be struck down. And it was a separation for the purpose of protection. But God Almighty, when Jesus Christ hung on the cross and said, it is finished, the first thing he declared was open heaven. Open heaven the dividing veil has been torn. It is no longer, there is no longer any barrier between you and I stepping and living in the very presence of God that we could not used to be able to step into. We often ask for, pray for an open heaven and the word of the Lord to us is that we actually legally now live under an open heaven permanently. And I can see a connection to what Sally shared and what we share because we often don't feel like we're in victory. So we're waiting for it to come, but we are in Christ, then we're in victory. We often don't feel like an open heaven because it's hot and we're tired and we're bothered and things aren't going well. And then we believe that we're not. And so we're asking it to happen. And God Almighty says we've got to actually realign to the truth. At that moment, the curtain was torn from the top and to the bottom. It cannot be mended. It cannot be put back together. There is an open heaven. God says your belief determines your behavior. So do you believe that you live under an open heaven? Because if you don't, we will live like we don't. But if we believe it, then we will live like we believe it. Sal and I both had a rough night last night. The long day yesterday... I told you I was on the couch in tears two days ago, feeling just horrible because I wasn't doing well. And we woke up groggy. I was awake on and off all night. I can try to, like I used to do, almost like I need to somehow get into the presence of God, step into the presence of God. Come on, God, I need you to come. I need, I need it. No, no. I didn't have a moment. You know, neither one of us, even looked at our notes today before we came old steve i don't know old, old sir too We would have been up there, man we gotta look at this, we gotta try and get some sort of something happening on the inside so that we don't disappoint these poor people that are brought. We gotta come and get something, oh God, and we gotta start to try to get an open heaven over us. We didn't even look at our notes because we're living full and we I got up with the sense of I don't feel it, I'm tired, all these sort of things, but right now, thank you God that there is an open heaven. And do you know what I didn't even pray it because I just knew it in my spirit. I didn't It's not relying on what I feel. It's not relying on what I see. It's not relying upon anything I did because I didn't die on the cross. I don't need to die on the cross now. Jesus died on the cross. He said, It is finished. And the temple curtain was torn from top to bottom. And the word of the Lord is open heaven. Not open heaven. Come on, open heaven. It is open heaven. What is open heaven? What does it mean for us? This is what it means. Three words God gave me. because if you go, what does it actually mean? <laughs> Woo. Accessing what's available. That's how I'm going to live this year, Steve. That's how I'm going to live this decade. Melinda open heaven means i can access what's available not what i've got not what i think i've got not not anything actually about me <laughs> some of us need to get free of ourselves some of us need to get over ourselves some of us need to let ourselves off the leash let ourselves go a little bit it's about accessing What's available? Everyone say accessing. What's available? Okay. Hebrews 4.16. I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then beg and grovel and hope that this harsh judge might dare to look on this puny individual with these skinny white legs and show him mercy Hebrews 4:16 says let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that's open heaven right there why so that you may receive mercy and find grace mercy is for forgiveness of what you've done grace is empowerment for what you will do they are not the same thing that you may find receive mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need I declare it's open heaven Come on, in the hunting and things like that, they talk about open season. I declare open heaven, not now, but on the cross. We're just coming into, we're just catching up. Let me read this verse. uh, And I'm going to read this from the the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3.12. Listen, 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 listen. Just if, if all you want to do right now is open up your spirit wide and just let me dump into it by the Spirit of God, then do that. But Ephesians 3.12 in the Passion Translation says, We have boldness through Christ and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. They may be skinny, but they can still dance. Listen, we have boldness through Christ. Mm, We have boldness through Christ and have free access. Why? Open heaven, free access. Come on, you live in a home, you don't have to ask permission every time. I don't have to ask my wife's permission to go to the fridge and open the fridge and get what I want out. I have free access. I am a. I am part of this house. She is part of this house. Our daughters don't have to ask. They are, they're old. They can just go in this free access. We have free access as kings. Kings. But for our Father, why? Because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Not my goodness, not my behavior, not my striving, not my my fears or my lack of fears, not my anxiety or lack of anxiety, but because I've got confidence in Christ's faithfulness. I'm not perfect in this land. I'm not perfect, but man, I am pushing on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ has taken hold of me, and even the Apostle Paul says, there's one thing I got to do. I got to forget what is behind, and I got to reach forth, reach forth, reach forth, because my past is trying to pull me back, but Jesus Christ. Christ is beckoning him forward, but not just in a natural round, but in the spiritual round. Come on, come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. Free access into the very throne room of God. Open heaven. Open heaven is about accessing what's available. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The next thing God said to me is this sometimes we just step in and sometimes we have to push through. And again, this is where we get confused whether it's open or not. We think if we have to push through, that it's not open. We think we have to push through to open it, to access it. And this is a picture God gave me. He showed me a shopping center we went to Target last night to buy clothes because we had no clothes. And we're talking what nine thirty at night? Kylie? Something like that. And we're walking through. And I want you to get this. Target was open. Came up was open. Came up was open. The other Target. Came up was open. We walked up. Watch, watch, watch. We even walked up. We didn't even have to open the doors. They just opened. And we walked in. And at nine thirty, I can tell you right now. I just walked in and I could go wherever I want. There's almost no one in there. Talk about easy to step in. If I wanted that, I just stepped there and picked that up. If I wanted that, I stepped in there and I picked it up. It was easy. But then God dropped into my spirit, Boxing Day sales in Melbourne. You can have the same shop. You can have the same shop. And it doesn't even start at the shop. It starts when you're driving towards Founding Gate Shopping Centre or Chedston or Knox City and you drive in and you are kilometres away and you see cars upon cars and you start to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name and try to pray for the parting of the Red Sea and nothing happens and you drive in and then you drive around for 15, 20, 30 minutes trying to find a stinking car park. Sorry. It's an illustration, brother. And you eventually find one and try to avoid road rage in the car park. And then you walk towards it and you are fighting your way. And you walk in and everywhere you go, there are people everywhere. And in the time like last night, the thing that is available freely on the shelf that I walked in and just picked up, on another day, it's just as available, it's just as there. But now I have to push through the crowd to see if I really want to get it or not. And we are wanting to step in to an open heaven, step into living by faith. But we don't want to push through. But we will for clothes, for food. The woman with the issue of blood did not step in to touch Jesus. She pushed through the crowd to touch Jesus who was present to heal. He was fully loaded the whole time with what she needed, but she could not step in. She pushed through. And the word of the Lord is sometimes we need to push past other people who are in our way to access what is available. The four men carrying the paralytic on a stretcher did not walk in, but they pushed through the roof. To touch Jesus who was present and fully loaded and fully ready to heal. And sometimes we need to push past natural limitations that are in our way. Naaman going to dip seven times in the Jordan River had to push past his questions and his pride to be able to be healed at a word from God, from a prophet. And sometimes we need to push past ways of thinking and logic and a sense of self-importance if we are actually going to access what is available to us. David had to push past hurt and betrayal from Saul to keep a sweet spirit and to walk in favor with his God. And sometimes we need to push past feelings and emotions that are in our way. I just want to step in God. It's here. And I love it when it happens Lift your hand up high if you love it when it happens, when there's no effort on your part. In fact, if you try to escape, you couldn't. But we live in this world, and Sally touched on it again. Should come easy. Should come easy. You get married now, and we should have the nice home. We should have the nice TV. We should have the new furniture. We should have it all now. We got married 20, almost 26 years ago. Everything was secondhand. If we didn't, if we wanted something, we didn't have it. We saved up for months or years, and we were content with what we had because we had each other. And when you got it, it was all the more valuable. But you had to push through. But now it's, I want it now. It doesn't even matter if you don't have money. It's after pay and after all this sort of stuff. And we have this culture in our world today that says you shouldn't have to push through. You shouldn't have to pay a price. It should be easy and should come to you. And we've carried it into the kingdom of God and we want the open heaven, the fact that we are literally seated with Christ in heavenly places to come easy and I should always feel it. When I don't feel it, it's not closed. Now, are you with me? I don't have much longer, but the next thing is going to bring it all together. And I think you might even see a connection between this and what Sally was sharing. I I want to encourage you. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come on, enter his courts with praise. Gates and courts, this is into the most holy place with thanksgiving and praise. Come on, most of life is a challenge and you're pushing through things. This is not. This is about pushing through. Come on, give thanks, give praise, but I don't feel like it. Great, well, give thanks because that will shift things in the spirit world. But here is where I want to just land on just for a few moments before we finish. And I, Oh, God, help me right now. What have we got so far? Open heaven. Accessing what's available. You can come boldly before the throne. Come on. You can, you've got free access as kings before the Father. Have you got it? Are you with me so far? Sometimes we just step in. We just stepped in yesterday. Sometimes you've got to push your way through. And the Bible is full of people who push through. In their vulnerable state, they became more vulnerable. Come on. She was unclean, that, that woman, the issue of blood. She shouldn't have been there. She was making herself more vulnerable. In order to get the breakthrough, come on. And sometimes we need to push through. But this is what Father has showed me. And this is another shift that's about to come, I think, in the body of Christ. Are you ready? We think about the Israelites. They were in slavery. Is that correct? They were in slavery. They were in Egypt. God brought them out. And God's intention was not just to bring them out of slavery. How many people know it was to bring them into the promised land? We've got to have a fresh revelation that God does not just save us from hell, but saved us into eternity with Him. It's not just from death, but it's into life. We've got to have a shift that's not what I'm saved from, that is the most important, It's what I'm saved to. They were saved from Egypt, but they're saved to the promised land. But this is what God Almighty showed me. We think that, oh, the the land that God is giving, that is their inheritance. And how many people would agree? I believe that. The land that God has, the land I promised to your forefathers, this is your inheritance. But can I show you something? Okay, watch this. We're going to go two scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8. This is God talking to Moses, and he's speaking to the Israelites, the people of God. And it says, see, I have, this is God. See, I have given you this land. Come on, how many people love it when God gives you something? Come on, we're almost done. I have given you this land. Come on, that's where we should sit down, say thank you, and enjoy it. See, I have given you this land. Now go in and take possession of the land the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and to their descendants after them. I've given you this land. Thank you, Father. Now go in and take it. Push through and get it. But watch this. Numbers 33, 53. Oh, this is going to get me a little excited here. Again, God talking through Moses to the Israelites. Listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Are your spirits wide open? Because we're about to drop something into it. God talking. Take position. Of the land. Stop, 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 stop. This is all about the promised land. I brought you out of Egypt to bring you. This is your inheritance, the promised land. But listen to what he says. Take possession of the land and settle in it. For I have given you the land to possess. (sighs) No, no, God, you got that wrong. You've given me the land to enjoy. You've given me the land to enjoy. God goes, no, I've actually given you the land to possess. The reason I'm giving you the land is not the land, but is the possession of the land. This is what God spoke to me. Here's the word of the Lord. Our inheritance is not just the land God has given us, but the power to possess it. We think that God says, I want you to have this righteousness, this peace, and this joy in the Holy Ghost. I want you to have a revelation that you've got authority over all the powers and principalities of this world, that you can submit to me, resist the devil, and he will flee. We focus on that the that the promise of God is the inheritance. And and yes, it is. Well, the promised land was the inheritance. But the greater thing that God needs us to see today as ones living under an open heaven is that we are seated with him in heavenly places. And he says the, the promise is is great but the thing that we need a revelation of in the body of Christ is that the greater inheritance is not the thing that is given because it's already given it is us possessing and taking hold of what has been given we have missed the power of possessing because we are focused on possession I don't know if this is making sense How many people know? We're talking about this. I think yesterday in the car, Colin, Stephen, this new building that's going to be going up soon. Can I have a shouted amen? Come on! I prophesied this seven years ago when I first came here, and I saw the thousand-seat auditorium. And then he jumped out of his seat to show me afterwards the, the plans. God knew this back then. Uh, you've had some obstacles, you've had some oppositions, you've had some things about land and and flood things and all the rest of it, you've had things and you are still pressing through, but i tell you right now, when we actually stand in that new building it will not be just the new building that we are celebrating, it is that we did not give up on year 7 and year 6 or year 5 or year 4 or year 3, we did not give up when the council said impossible that we push through and we are going to take possession of this land, I want to declare to you today that the greatest inheritance will not be the building but it will be your possessing of the building that God has already given. It is that it exists in the eternal realm and now we by faith bring it from the eternal into the temporal and that is what pleases God because He alone has already given it. It is not when we stand in it that pleases God because He's given it. It's when we possess what He has given. I have given you the land to possess it. Jolly hot up here. Open heaven. Say it with me. Accessing what's available. Say it with me. Sometimes we step in. Everyone say step in. Sometimes we push through. Say push through. I want you to get this phrase, and I'm finishing. Our inheritance is not just the land we possess but it is the act of the process oh how many people hate that word the process of possessing the land are you getting the picture are you getting the picture our greatest we, there's an inheritance of the land that God has given but the greater inheritance from God's perspective is not the land that we occupy and enjoy and settle in because he's the one who's given it anyway. It is our act of faith despite our vulnerability and our vulnerability and our weakness and our fear and our anxiety, come on, and our failure and what they say about us and what I think about that. It is that I am going to possess what God has given And God says, that's your inheritance, the power to possess. Not the possession. Here's the last scripture. And where I want to end up, and we're done. Access to an open heaven, ready? Is through the blood of Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. Hebrews 10. 19 to 23, access to an open heaven is through the blood of Jesus. Let me read this last scripture, and will you just, will you just let it go into your spirit, and will you, will you come into agreement with this out of your mouth? Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, open heaven. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, not by a physical curtain in the temple in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, but by a new and living way that is open for us through the curtain that is his body. It's making it pretty clear, my friends, what this ripping of the curtain was all about. Can I start this again? Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, open heaven, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with a full with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a good, uh, guilty conscience having our bodies washed with pure water let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. My second senses might say no, my feelings might say no, my thoughts may say no, but I have full access into the very throne room of God. There is an open heaven, not because of my righteousness but because of His righteousness. Not because of my good works, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. So God says, now come near to me with confidence. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you and we will hold unswervingly to what we say we profess because the the real test is not in whether we can say it but whether and we can live it even in the place of vulnerability even in the place of vulnerability we are in victory in Christ so we will take hold of that for which Jesus Christ has taken hold of me and we will possess what we have been given because the act of possessing is our inheritance amen We have full access always to all that God has given. This is the truth. Do you believe it? Sometimes you can step in, but sometimes you've got to push through. God has called us to be worshipful warriors. Worshipful warriors. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Says, Lord, Father, right now we thank you for your word this morning through, Lord, just Prophet Sally, the incredible incredible word that she has brought, the realignment word, the empowering word, that in vulnerability, we don't step back and retreat. We can be in a state of rest, but we step into greater vulnerability so we can see the kingdom of God established. It's not about personal breakthrough as much as it is about kingdom advancement. We receive your word, God, and we will say even as the the apostle said in Hebrews 10, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. We are not of those who shrink back. If that is you in this place today, stand with me. Come on, stand. Stand with me right now. We are not of those who shrink back. River Edge Church, let a fight come into your spirit right now. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those that will go on the journey, go on the process, and even take steps of faith to possess what God has given. We receive our inheritance, God. It's not just the land, but it is the power to possess the land. Lord, we thank you that We are not the devil's punching bag. But Lord, we are your kings. We are your priests. We are your sons. We are your daughters. And we are going to be a part of extending your kingdom on earth as in heaven. And the people of God who have the resolve of God shouted amen. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday.